The Energy Star brand is a trusted symbol of energy efficiency and Geldwin Canada wears it proudly. We are committed to sustainability and ensuring our customers have the lowest energy costs possible. That's why we have been a partner since 2003. Visit KeepOutsideOut.com to calculate your savings today. Welcome to The Hammer, where we hit the nail on the head with insights from the world of Canadian renovation and custom home contracting. This special episode of The Hammer is brought to you by Geldwin. I'm your host, Caitlin Secord. This week, we are joined by Russ Miller and Mike Damaris to discuss the world of door systems. Join us as we explore the various options available to bridge the gap between indoors and outdoors. Without further ado, Russ, Mike, tell us a bit about yourselves. Good morning, Caitlin. It's Russ here. Uh, I started out uh, right high school at the grassroots level and worked on building supplies center and uh, worked with retail and contractor industrial sales. At that uh, position, I was lucky enough to uh, be a material estimator for residential construction as well. And then I moved on to Geldwin. I spent the last 28 years with Geldwin. Uh, first uh, portion of my career was taking care of the traditional uh, building supply centers. Uh, then I moved on to national accounts, which is uh, big box stores, and uh, then regional manager, and now I'm a national account manager. Perfect. Thanks, Russ. Uh, so I'm Mike Damaris. I'm a territory manager for Northern Ontario for Geldwin Windows and Doors. I've been in Windows and Doors for approximately 17 years now. I've uh, been with Geldwin for the last six. I've actually built homes directly myself from the ground up, from excavation all the way to the finishing touches. Um, I've had many, many roles over my, my lifetime so far, but uh, currently I'm enjoying my one with uh, Geldwin Windows and Doors. That's awesome. Sounds like both of you have uh, quite the extensive experience. Uh, so can you tell me a bit about the different types of exterior doors and what factors homeowners should consider when cons choosing between them? I think for today's discussion, we're going to uh, focus on the back door. Uh, the front door is a whole different topic and you take up an another episode with choice of glass and that. So for people looking at the, I say the back door, the the uh, where the yard is, the view that they're looking for. There's all sorts of names for this. There's patio doors, French doors, garden doors, terrace doors. To the consumer, really, they're referring to that opening that's uh, creating more living space for them onto a deck or a patio. And really, there's only two types that when we're looking at it technically, sliding doors and swinging doors. So in a swinging door, there's a bit of flexibility that uh, you can have a one wide door, a double door up to four wide. In a patio door, you're really stuck with a minimum size of five foot uh, in a two panel. And then there's a three panel and four panel as well. Um, both of these offer some flexibility in height. So the doors can be six foot or uh, eight foot. And um, the, the, uh, can be standalone units too so they can be in conjunction with other fixed windows and that sort of thing the one thing that a swinging door does have a nice benefit of is that uh, you have the ability to when you go to a double door is that both panels open and with both panels opening it allows you to have more space to move things in and out and i don't know about uh, about you mike but 
that uh, can be a challenge sometimes. Oh, for sure, Russ. Yeah. Uh, to get both doors to open, you'd have to go to a four panel patio door to get that to happen. So yeah, that's a, that's a challenge of, uh, specifically with the swing doors and the patio doors. Uh, they do come in different configurations. Uh, you can have them operable and fixed. So depending on the location of the operable panel and the fixed panel, uh, it, you can have different um, configurations. The uh, doors also come in PVC and hybrid. Uh, Jeldwin offers an array of, uh, of these uh, uh, configurations, and it depends uh, what you're looking for in terms of PVC or hybrid. Uh, hybrid is the aluminum exterior uh, and a clad interior on the inside with PVC. Uh, swing doors do offer a symmetrical design, uh, and they also offer more options with transoms. So if you're trying to get an exterior look that matches your existing house, or if you have fixed windows over the door system or fixed windows beside the door systems in other areas of your house, uh, this would be a good way to go. Um, swing doors also have more flexibility in which one operates. When you have a patio door, you always have one side fixed or the other in a two panel configuration. Uh, whereas a swing door, uh, you can choose either or, or you could even choose it center fix so it folds back upon itself. I think that's a real nice feature to have the center fixed where the door doesn't take up any wall space with it with a four wide patio door you're really um as mike says it's the outer two are going to be fixed and the center is operating but really to answer your question the factors what the person should consider is really what's what they're looking for and they both have pros and and cons and some of it has to do with their own personal preference or experience they may have had a bad experience with a a, pat, a sliding door or a swinging door and now they want something different yeah, absolutely. Um, so kind of bouncing off of that, what current trends in materials and colors for exterior doors uh, have you seen and how are they enhancing a home's aesthetic appeal? I can take this one, Russ, if you want. Uh, so sliding door trends, uh, we see that mainly in cottages and recreational homes. People want to open up the expanse and bring the outside in and the inside out. Um, the swinging doors trend, uh, that's mainly in renovations. Uh, from a sliding door to uh, doors that match the existing configuration or location. Uh, new homes need to match, as I said just previously, with the existing architectural designs. So if they have transoms or fixed windows beside, uh, your swing doors typically been, tend to be the best way to go. Uh, what trends are you seeing in the market, uh, Russ? Well, I don't, I'm not involved with the, uh, the uh, cottage industry like you are, the same, uh, but, but some similar trends in that bigger is better, so the more glass, people are definitely looking for glass space. Uh, they have to balance that out on other portions of their house because they're only allowed a certain amount of glass. So they'll focus all their glass on one wall so that they have that uh, that statement they're making. And as Mike says, bringing that outdoors in and the indoors out and making that whole footprint of the house feel feel bigger. Um, in, in swinging doors, four wide doors, 12 feet by eight feet, is not that uncommon um, and it really comes down to whether you're renovating or not if you're working with what you have existing you may be limited i do tend to see for example in the in the gta toronto market that um, there are a lot more additions going on where they are bringing in more modern uh, architecture and uh, definitely of like 42 inch swing doors we're starting to see more of where people want that wider door or eight foot doors and a lot of fixed glass. Um, the other thing that, that is huge and isn't just a starting trend, but continuing is, is colors. And black is by far the leader. 
we see see a lot of black and it's the number one color after white. Do you have any uh, inkling as to why you think black is sort of the the leading trend or uh, is it just you think again personal aesthetic choice? I think part of it is uh, black has a unique way of sort of hiding the frame. Uh, so it makes the glass look bigger. So if you think of looking at an automobile, they're always trimmed with black around the glass and it gives the facade that you're getting a lot more glass. I think that's part of it, but I also just think that trends come and go. And when I started in this industry 30-some uh, years ago, everybody wanted brown. And then it went to white, and then it went to the taupey colors. And part of it is just uh, the way things cycle. But for sure, black has an added benefit of of making the glass look bigger and the frames become invisible. Easier to clean, uh, too, I'm sure. <laughs> Uh, I'm not so sure about that, but you know, people do need should be cleaning their product, and cleaning any product will ensure that the color lasts a lot longer. Absolutely. So one of the things that we hear about is is you know concerns of fading, and that's why we really focus a lot of our sales on the hybrid product, which is an aluminum clad. The aluminum clad is much easier to maintain, much more durable to the elements. Uh, we do have other new features. Uh, coming out like laminates on the vinyl that that help with this as well. Yeah, that's great. Going a bit more into uh, construction, can you explain the difference between a sliding and a swing door and how these might influence the choice depending on art architectural style or home layout? Sure. Um, go ahead, Mike. Oh, yeah. yeah, sure. So the swing doors, um, the primary difference in construction is that the swing doors are, have weather stripping and they're fully sealed around the perimeter when pulled closed. Uh, patio doors have weather stripping similar to a sliding window all the way around, but they also require a little bit of friction against them. They're not pulled as closed as tightly as a swing door would be. So it's more of a friction fit more so than an actual uh, uh, a closed fit per se. Uh, the swing doors tends to shed water as well due to its slopage a little bit easier and there's nothing in the way. Uh, your patio door actually has a screen track in the way sometimes. So for ice and water and all that, it uh, could be an issue with uh, drainage. Patio uh, doors tend to need more track maintenance. Uh, the track back and forth, there's rollers underneath there. So the track actually does require maintenance, uh, sometimes in, in some cases lubrication, but uh, specifically to keep the dirt and debris out of there so it doesn't uh, go off course and it glides smoothly and everything else like that. So um the other issue is uh, snowfall. Uh, how does the amount of snowfall affect the choice for us? Uh, well, I, the snowfall does affect it. I think that uh, snowfall would affect a sliding door more than a swinging door. Uh, the customer should be, you know, getting a shovel and shoveling outside their door no matter what, because just the little bit of heat from the house will cause other problems possibly. Uh, um, but if it was me, I think I would rather have a swinging door than a sliding when it comes to, to snowfall. Um, but that's a personal choice again. It is, a, again, a maintenance thing, and that's a big difference between swinging and sliding doors. Is sliding doors, you really do have to maintain that tra track, particularly if you're in, a, in the country or an area where there's uh, dirt that blows in or sand and that sort of thing. Um, patio doors in constructional the big benefit they have is glass area. You increase your glass area substantially because the frame around the patio door is only approximately three inches, whereas 
a swinging door, although it performed has more insulation, the glass is slightly smaller and the doors in an insulated panel. Um, the, the other thing is the PVC around the glass is like a window. It's, it's a hollow extrusion holding the glass. And as I just said, the swinging door, it's an insulated steel panel. So a little bit more, more durable. And the other thing with, uh, sliding and swinging that you would notice when you're purchasing it, purchasing it is sliding doors really only have one option for your screen. It's a sliding screen. Whereas a swinging door, you can get, you can get it with or without a screen. For example, if you're in the city, you may not have as many bugs and you may not even want a screen or certain markets just don't use the screens the same. A sliding door, you're always going to get the screen. Um, and then there's aftermarket's products available for for a swinging door where you could get um, screening across a full double door system. Yeah, that's very interesting. So how do you think that modern exterior door designs strike a balance between providing security and ensuring accessibility? Well, thank you for asking, Caitlin, because this actually comes up quite a bit. Uh, people don't realize it, but when they're purchasing doors, uh, the key that they have now, we are going to electronic keys and all these other kind of new tech fads, etc. But uh, with a swing door, uh, the keyed entry can be chosen by the consumer and keyed alike or electronically or with a physical key to their existing uh, residence. Whereas a patio door, the manufacturer provides the key. So for that accessibility there, it may not be possible to uh, rekey the same as other doors or even get an electronic uh, entry system or something else like that. So it is uh, a newer trend that we're seeing, whether it be the, the older punch pads with the, the uh, touch buttons, you know, when the kids come home from school to get in or just easy accessibility by using your phone coming up, uh, your double door systems will actually have the ability to get an aftermarket uh, system to put in there. So that way it's easily accessible. So that's a, a huge thing there. And also for security. Uh, for security now, you can limit who's coming in and who's going out and you'll know and you can get notifications, et cetera. So that's a huge advantage right there for your uh, swing doors over your patio doors at this point in time. Uh, the other issue is that uh, your swing door has a multi-point lock that locks securely into the frame, uh, typically at the top, at the bottom, and in the mid section where the actual grip set uh, is. So that gives you a good security there. The, uh, the other door systems sometimes don't provide that. So that sometimes can be a hindrance as well. How does that compare to patio doors, Russ? Uh, one thing I should point out about the multi-point lock mic is that is an option that, uh, that we offer and uh, some other manufacturers do, but you can buy your own lock set. And that's really what Mike's getting at for that. The patio door security options, they do have a, they call it a multi-point lock, but it's all in the jam. So it's not the same as a swinging door where you can really secure the top and the bottom and the center of the door. However, they do offer uh, foot locks and that's a real cool um, option on patio doors where you can open the door three inches and put the foot lock in. And I say foot lock, there's also a headlock available. So it locks on the top and the bottom. So you can leave your door open three inches securely at night and not have to worry about uh, somebody coming in. You can also lock, shut the door completely and use that that same foot lock uh, for security. So it's an added security measure. Uh, they also offer security bars and uh, 
that's the same idea as having a hockey stick that you cut down and put in the track. And I'm sure most people have been to a hotel somewhere where you've seen a, had to pick up a stick to open up a door. Um, from a security standpoint, uh, the swinging doors, uh, more and more people are concerned about the accessibility with security. So a swinging door allows you to have uh, wider doors so you can uh, go up to 36, but you can also get a 42-inch door. You can get a low threshold door, so it's a completely accessible sill. And with a patio door, you're never going to have that option. Um, people I know have tried to develop ramps to go over a patio door, but at the end of the day, you're still running something over top of a sill system that could damage it over time and isn't a smooth operation for accessibility. And we are seeing more and more designs, especially in multi-unit residence, where at least a number of the units are um, accessibility is con is a big concern. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you also mentioned that you you've understood that there are some products that are being sort of tested or designed for security for the for the backsliding doors. Do you think that this will ever be something that, like you said, can be added on like they can for front swinging doors? Or do you think that this is something that's just sort of uh, plateaued for now? Uh, when it comes to doors, I think that uh, you need to buy the door system with this, with the, uh, I'm sorry, did you say security? Yeah, um, the security systems. Yeah. Yeah. So for now it's added on. Mike, do you have anything to add to that? Uh, yeah. So in terms of actual security systems, yeah, they would be an aftermarket item. Uh, in terms of actually security to see who comes and goes, yes, you can buy that probably aftermarket. Um, and it would, you know, just like the uh, the doorbell cams and all that kind of stuff. It tells you who's coming, who's going as a high end. Um, they're just coming in now uh, as as these systems evolve, but uh, you'll probably see more and more of them over time as time progresses here. Okay, great. Uh, what is the importance of proper door installation for its durability and functionality? And could you outline some of the common pitfalls to avoid these? Sure. The key here is plumb level and square. Uh, in my experience, both as a renovator and new home construction, plumb level and square, you can't go wrong. So this does require tools. It does require a little bit of ingenuity. And at sometimes uh, you have to pay attention to what you're doing to make this go well. So plumb level and square would be the key rules there in terms of proper installation uh, to start. Uh, the installation for both types, essentially uh, proper sealing on all four sides of the frame and the exterior uh, is required to resist air and water penetration. So you're going to have your spray foam in there in the cavity. You're going to make sure that you have the appropriate gap as per building codes, per local building codes that are required. Um, you're going to make sure that you have um, any other kind of local required codes for water penetration underneath the sill, up the sides, at the top, and all that for water penetration. So it's extremely important that once it's plevel, lum, and square, you uh, add those things as well. The other thing is uh, some highly exposed areas, um, extreme wind and rain. You do want some additional measures, uh, measures to be required uh, for instance, an overhang or an awning or additional protection uh, for driving rain. So if you're on Lake Superior, if you're on Lake Ontario or something like that, you get these driving uh, wind and rain. You certainly want to give it that little extra added protection uh, because that rain and that water uh, will drive as the storms, as we see currently, uh, they're getting stronger and stronger. So you do want that extra protection. Um, and, and the extra protection is really required for uh, shedding water effectively. 
so uh, have anything to add on there, Russ? Yeah, the extra protection, there's a lot of resistance in the designing of it. We are seeing that starting to, to go down now where uh, architects are starting to realize the ramifications of putting these big walls of glass that that um, doesn't help keep the weather out the way it should. And by adding that extra, that um, the awnings or the overhangs or even a deck that overhangs or or having the deck at a slightly different level than than the doors all help to to gain that. And the key, the reason you want product properly installed is to ensure the product's going to last as long as it possible. And the customer at the end of the day is satisfied with the product and the contractor and uh, and what they bought. Um, swinging doors do, and sliding doors, but swinging doors really do require shimming and blocking. That also helps with the security as well, because you don't want a frame that somebody could pry open the door lock. So you want to shim it in square and um, some types of hinges on doors offer small adjustments. So you can do that small tweaking to get the door perfect the way, the way you want it. Um, patio doors are the same. They have to be uh, installed plumb level and square. And like everything else, if you're building, when you're building a house, the foundation is key to the next step. Um, the foundation of installing a door is the uh, level. And if you're setting the door on something level, it's going to help you out in the in the long run. And that's maybe the one of the things that I see because I see a lot more renovations and, and homes maybe have moved over time is that they're trying to install a, a door where it's no longer level or maybe the sill has a bit of a crown, that sort of thing. And, and those things, starting out with that right away is definitely gets rid of a pitfall. And uh, contractors are typically pretty good at, at working with with that um and maintenance again and upkeep is really another key we say that we sort of put that in with installation because it falls under under that category is just you know if if it needs cleaning clean it if it needs a bit of lubrication lubricate the hinges uh that sort of thing and a swinging door that the that sort of maintenance tends to be a little bit easier because you're just dealing with the hinges and possibly the weather strip. But if the weather stripping's wearing out and tearing off, that means maybe the door needs a bit of a tweaking in the installation. Patio doors require a lot more uh, maintenance because you do have that track involved. Yeah, absolutely. So it just seems like you kind of have to know what you're working with and the, the pitfalls and, and know how to avoid them. Um, do you have any suggestions or advice to contractors or architects? Uh, so steps they can take to help clients choose the right door for them? I think if the architects or um, the uh, designers uh, talk to people like Mike and I, we can certainly help them along the way with what is feasible and what isn't. Uh, one of the things that we see happen a lot is they'll draw walls of glass that that really, if it's a commercial application, may be possible, but in residential is not uh, typically possible doing it with the way we have to work with the building code and we have to make sure that the product lasts well and performs to the standards and is safe over time. And that's really the key. I think talking to, to companies like us and we have 
people within our organization that are experts on the building code and how large we can make product and, and what can be done rather than after the fact designing something and, and um, having to have the, the customer um, think they're going to get something to a much bigger extent or larger than is possible. It just helps set the limitations, right? How about you, Mike? What do you think? Yeah, actually, I, I think involving the customer in that dialogue, uh, I hear a lot from my customers as well that um, the customer has certain expectations, the contractor has other expectations, the designer has other expectations. So it's aligning all those expectations and having everybody in that conversation as to what can be done, how it can be done, where it's going to be done. Uh, that eliminates a lot of these pitfalls. Um specifically when it comes to customer expectations. At the end of the day, you want your end customer to be happy with what they're receiving. But if it's too big for the contractor to handle or if it's too much um, to, to actually get it installed and you require other things, LVLs and beams, et cetera, everything else, sometimes that cost starts, uh, the budget dictates as to where they can go. So that whole conversation has to take place from ground up, from the customer to the builder to the architect, and then everyone decide on what they can do to go forward to meet everyone's expectations. So everyone in this process is happy. And contractors can be uh, that uh, it's not a fun surprise when you get a product that's like 800 pounds and they're trying to figure out how to get it up the side of a cottage hill um, to get that view they want. So a bit of discussion with, with us ahead of time can really save a lot. And, and the customer can still get what they're looking for in the overall achievement and the compromises are made so that everybody, all the shareholders in this project are satisfied with the results. Yeah, that sounds like a, a great tool is just, you know, having those conversations and making sure dialogue is open. Seems like a, a great, great way to avoid some problems down the road. Um, those are all of my questions. If there was anything else you guys wanted to chat about, um, please feel free to take the floor. Sure, just one small highlight. When it comes to installation as well, um, in my experience, I've seen a lot of people challenged with double door systems. Uh, double door systems tend to require a little bit more expertise than a single door or a patio door to get it installed. Um, it's just you need more alignment in terms of plumb level and square. And sometimes you even have to adjust the hinges just that little bit. Everything normally should come from the manufacturer as it should. Uh, but sometimes the site actually dictates a little bit more in terms of the finer adjustments. So uh, it takes a really good qualified person sometimes to install a double door system properly and effectively. And so it lasts the test of time. I also think from, sorry, go ahead, Caitlin. No, no, you go ahead, Russ. I think from like the very first question about, you know, what's the best choice for the customer it really comes down to their personal choice. And, and if they want lots of glass, they're going to tend towards patio doors because the, that you're going to get the maximum glass. But if they want more of an estate look or if they want a lot of symmetry, then they're going to go with swinging doors. If they want to have doors that swing to the outside so it doesn't take up any wall space. So there's just a lot of options and there's no right answer really when it comes to it. And it's uh, consulting with what's available and, and what they want. Yeah, terrific. Again, it seems like it's just talking to who you need to speak to and finding the best solution for you. Uh, thank you both so much for joining us. We really appreciate it. Um, where can people find you? 
they can find us at uh, Lumber and Building Supply Centers uh, around the country. And on the internet, there's uh, we have um, geld1.ca. I'm sure there'll be a link to this on your program. And uh, yeah, there's a dealer finder there so they can find people like Mike and I to, to deal with. We also have the ability to um, take questions from customers. So questions will come to us directly from consumers or contractors uh, looking for assistance in our in our product. And then we get them in touch with the right person, whether it's Mike, myself, or somebody else, uh, depending on where they live and what the product is and what the question is, uh, we're there to try to to get them in the right direction. Yeah, Geldwin also as a forward-facing company is available on Facebook, Twitter, et cetera. Um, and they're really starting to push that. So there's also some ideas on there now as well as some pictures of uh, past product as well for some inspiration. That's great. Thank you so much for joining us today and uh, enjoy the rest of your day. Thank you. Thank you very much, Caitlin. Thanks for listening to The Hammer. You can find episodes online at canadiancontractor.com or subscribe on your favorite podcasting service. The Hammer is presented by Canadian Contractor Magazine.